thanks for listening. I'm recording this episode on July 13th. Oh, we have just wrapped up a lovely Mercury retrograde in Cancer. Um, and this episode is definitely related to um, Cancer themes, especially having, you know, recently survived <laughs> Mercury retrograde through Cancer. Um, I wanted to share some information that's hopefully helpful about the importance of our ancestors. So um, this ranges from understanding and honoring our ancestry to healing our ancestry to um, communing with your ancestors if that's something that you feel comfortable with. I put a little thing out on Instagram just to see what questions you all had regarding this, um, and I think I'm going to hopefully be able to answer all of those to the best of my ability and my knowledge. Um, so let's jump in. Um, like I said, working with ancestors can encompass so many things, which is great. Um, I am going to approach this from sort of a the mindset of like decolonizing our belief systems as well as our um, magical practice if you are somebody who does that um, but this is important regardless of whether or not you you know are into witchcraft or anything occult um, so Western society does not really teach us the importance of um, communicating with our ancestors or even honoring them. Um, also, side note, I am recording this on my front porch, and I do live downtown, so I apologize if you can hear any traffic. Um, hopefully you can only hear the birds, but I do live close to a busy street, so that's just how it is. Um, anyway, so... Um, yeah, Western culture, especially I feel like uh, Western Christianity does not encourage connection with our ancestors um, beyond perhaps thinking of them. Um, but it is interesting to me. So ancestry work is found in almost every culture except the West. And it is the one thing that if you do have very conservative members of your family, when it comes to connecting with loved ones that have passed on, it's the one strange thing that they might not deny or they might not think is so strange. Um, and that's because our ancestors are the most immediate connection that we have. So you know, removing anything magical from it, um, it's, it's very simple. So that's where we're going to start. Um, like I said, lots of different cultures have very consistent practices of, of honoring ancestors. And sometimes that does move into like communing with them or asking them for help. But you have lots of different customs, um, the Day of the Dead, Dias, Dias de Muertos. I did not take Spanish in high school, so I apologize. <laughs> um, but that is just, 
you know, the most, probably the most well-known example of um, a day specifically that is for honoring the dead, for, the, for honoring those who have crossed over and not um, losing connection to them. So it's not just about recognizing that they were important, but recognizing that um, they still are even after they cross over. So being able to not only appreciate your own history, but understand that you're not alone. Um, and I don't mean that in any like spooky way. Um, you're, you're truly not. Um, part of Western culture is certainly this myth of isolation and, you know, the quote-unquote individual. And it's a myth that pretends um, as though everybody who is successful got there completely by their own, um, you know, their own motivation, their own actions, um, and success in the West is celebrated as an individual venture when the truth is, you know, everything's connected, people are connected, um, you don't, you don't get anywhere by yourself. Um, so I think that is one of the reasons, another reason that in the West, ancestry, work, connection, magic, etc. is not encouraged or even really talked about because acknowledging the power of that connection kind of flies in the face of the Western myth of like the individual and individual success and, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Um, and that's not to say that, um, you know, the notion of the individual is wrong, but it, I do feel like the Western myth of the individual is very unbalanced. Um, so working with ancestors is a way, you know, definitely a form to like, quote unquote, decolonize um, our lives and our belief systems and provides this really interesting um, support system for anybody. So even if you may not be on the best terms with your current immediate family, your parents, um, you know, you still have family um, and being able to connect with your ancestors, even whether you know them by name or not, is a very supportive force to have in your life, um, whether it be psychological or otherwise, it's just very helpful um, and reassuring and comforting in a lot of ways. But the nice thing about it, too, is that it's not transactional. So I do feel like a lot of Western culture, Western belief uh, systems, definitely like Western um, occult traditions, esotericism, those systems um, teach essentially like a hierarchy. So there are always levels of separation between you and um, whatever you're trying to connect with. So be it, be it a deity or some kind of like universal force. Um, there, it's taught in like a stair step system. 
And that's not to say that it's wrong because I definitely think if you are somebody who, um, you know, is doing like ritual magic, um, and you're trying to like summon a spirit, um, especially one that is not immediately connected with you or certainly like, uh, like celestial entities, things like that. Um, you do need to take it in a measured step because, if you don't know how to swim, it's not good to just jump into the deep end willy-nilly. However, um, again, you know, that is the Western approach. So ancestry work is radically different. Um, it's really about maintaining, um, a, you know, communing. Communing means to be with. Um, and to be equal. So communing with ancestors, you know, you're not, ideally, you're not only honoring them or connecting with them or talking to them when you want something. Um, it's more of like a, a daily thing that you, that you build up and it's very easy to do. Um, so whether or not you're even asking them for favors, just being able to make a simple um, little space in your home for them. You know, put up pictures of the family members that you have that have crossed over. Um, you know, make it a point. It can be so simple. Make it a point to, like, have a candle underneath their photos and, you know, maybe just burn incense there once a day. Um, just taking a moment of your day to stop and realize, like, because of these people, you exist. Because these people survived whatever circumstances they had in their lives up to a certain point, um, you are here now. And that's another really interesting thing about working with ancestors or even connecting with them is, you know, they are literally in your body. They are in your DNA. You are connected in such a direct um, visceral way and so it's it's just natural and it's a lot easier than trying to summon um, some spirit from like a completely different culture um, ancestry work you know they're already within you it's just a matter of acknowledging them and kind of like bringing that energy forward it's it's nearly effortless aside from your attention and devotion um, it's a very reverent practice. It's very comforting in my experience. Um, like I said, it's really reassuring. So it's not like, oh, I want a new car. Let me call up my grandmother and ask her for it. <laughs> it's more of, you know, thinking about, I mean, you can do that, but it's a bit rude if that's the only time you try to talk to her. Um, not that different than if she were living, really. Um, you know, if you don't talk to somebody for years and then you only call them up when you need them, it's pretty inconsiderate. Um, and they're not likely to help you out. <laughs> so there is a level of, like, humility and, and love behind this sort of thing. Um, so it's not like... The Western system teaches very transactional, hierarchical magic. 
um, and ancestry work is quite the opposite. So we are simply taking a moment of our day to recognize and honor them. And then, you know, yeah, if you need some help, um, it's okay to ask for that because these people, you know, you exist because of these people, because they survived and they created children and those children created more children, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that lineage is there. And so calling to them to essentially ask them to aid in your life to, for you to have a better life, um, whatever that looks like for you, isn't even really that strange because that is the goal, you know, the goal of continuing existence, especially within a family is like you, ideally you want each generation to do better and better. Um, so, and to me personally, it, it makes more sense to do something like that because you know, they existed Um, They were real people. So again, sort of stepping back from the whole deity, god, goddess, spirit model, this is more like, okay, I know my grandmother, or I know my great-grandmother. I know that she would want me to be successful. I know that she would want me to be happy. I know that she would want me to be healthy. Um, And I know that she was real. And so calling to that is... Um, so much more tangible than calling out to something that you don't have a direct experience with. And also, um, your ancestors, you know, they really want the best for you. Um, So there's also not that concern of, like, tit for tat. Um, the word transaction just keeps coming up because that's that's what a lot of Western magic is. It's like, okay, well, I'll do you this for you if you do this for me. Um, and there's something to be said for reciprocity, but you can have that without having um, a very like mechanical, material transaction um, energy to the work that you're doing. Um, it's really not that different than, you know, if you happen to have a good relationship with with one of your parents, you know, when you're having a hard time, you call them and you just ask for their advice or ask for their support. This is essentially the same thing. It's just that you're calling a little bit further out. Um, And the reception is usually pretty flawless because, like I said, they're they're within you already. They're in your DNA. so it's, it's, you know, if you think about it, it's not really that weird. And that's why most other cultures already do this. There's an understanding of connection and honor and love there. Um, and maintaining that connection in order for the flourishing of future generations. Because that's the goal. Um, I think that the ways in which the West sort of cuts us off from our family and from our... Um, our history and our ancestry is is more harmful than people realize because it also makes it a lot easier to break away from um, our living family. And, you know, that's not to say that some people don't need that boundary. You know, if you have an abusive family, obviously 
you don't need to be in that situation. Um, but just, I'm just speaking more generally here. You know, there's, um, especially in America, we don't treat our elders well. We, you know, this country in particular, also just because of like capitalism and the way that it's structured, it doesn't value caregiving. Um, it doesn't value people who are not of able-bodied working age. Um, so we don't, because we have to earn money and because most jobs do not pay a living wage, um, at least not most single jobs, um, we don't, we're not growing up in a culture that would allow us to have grandma in the home because nobody gets to stay home and, and help care for her because everybody has to work or the lights won't be on and they won't have food. Um, and maybe that's a whole other discussion for a different day, but it does sort of tie into what we're talking about with um, honoring ancestors and how that kind of flies in the face of Western culture. Per capita, we have more of our elders in nursing home facilities than any other country. Um, in Europe and Asia, um, you know, the elders are in the home and they stay in the home and they're, you know, it's not weird. It's, it's very much about honor and love and care. And I think we miss out on that in the West. Um, which is really unfortunate and again ties back into like isolation and um, individualism to the extreme so yeah um, <laughs> so like I said the simplest way to connect just make a space for them just hang up a, a couple pictures maybe have a little candle it doesn't have to look out of the ordinary if you're concerned about that um, it's not weird to have pictures of your family, but, you know, have a little candle, a little tea light, burn some incense, burn some sage, whatever feels right for you, um, and just acknowledge them every day. Um, it just takes a second, and and in sending them that love, it, it maintains that connection. And even if you didn't know them that well, um, being open and curious sorry if you guys hear that noise um <laughs> if you remain open and curious you know you will get something in return um ask and you shall receive and I don't mean that transactionally I mean you will um intuitively be nudged in the right direction or given sort of clues about who these people were and what they wanted um I I think it's really cool to see that, that digging into ancestry has become, it's kind of having like a renaissance moment, um, which is really cool. If you are fortunate enough to have family records, um, that's great. I don't necessarily recommend the DNA testing because the science is sort of out on that. Um, DNA is super complex, and I've read many articles and studies about how, you know, somebody bought, like, five different, um, brands of DNA tests and got drastically different answers, um, with, obviously, with the same DNA, so that tells you something right there, 
but it's not, and also DNA can be, um, its own weird, like, colonial thing, like, oh, you have to be an exact percentage of this to, to count, um, so that's where, like, having pictures and records and birth certificates and things like that to trace your lineage, in my opinion, is, is better, um, and tracing lineage matrilineally, there we go, um, (laughs) which means through the mothers, because you always know who your mother is, unless, of course, you're adopted or something, but, um, you know, because we come out of our mothers quite literally, so there's no dispute in who your mother is unless you're adopted, whereas the father can be questionable, um, and nobody would necessarily know. I definitely have plenty of that in my own family, so trying to pay more attention to, um, the female lineage, um, how that runs in your family is also going to be just more accurate. So if you are fortunate enough to have those resources available, Um, if you are fortunate enough to be able to like do something like ancestry.com and, and trace, you know, it's like a scavenger hunt looking through documents. Um, that's great. It's not cheap. So I totally understand why a lot of people don't do it. Um, I did it for a while and then hit a wall because I have Native American ancestry and on that side of my family, which is, um, matrilineal, you know they didn't keep records. So, I mean, they did, but they kept oral records. So, um, I hit a wall in the late 1800s because, um, until the U S government forced indigenous people to, you know, have a name and a social security number, they didn't need to keep track of those things. Um, they did not organize their, their family structure and their people in, in terms of, um, black and white numbers. So, but anyway, I digress. (laughs) So learning where your ancestors came from, um, obviously if you live in America, unless you're indigenous, you are an immigrant. So learning like where they came from before they arrived here and what that culture was like, Assimilation was such a such a thing in America, especially when immigration was much more welcoming um, than it is now. But part of that was sort of this deal of like, you know, you're coming to the land of opportunity, but you want to blend in as much as possible. You want to assimilate. Um, unfortunately, that led to a lot of people abandoning their their mother culture. Um, changing their name, changing the way they dress, changing the holidays they celebrate, their religion, etc., etc. So being able to trace your ancestry back to whatever the motherland is, um, is interesting because that can sort of clue you into the customs that they celebrated, um, the way that their lives were structured. Um, Culture plays a huge part in who people become. Um, so that can be something too, that you could add to your practice or your altar, um, is tapping into like, okay, you know, where, where were they from? What does that country look like? Um, what did it look like 
when they were alive, what was their religion, um, what was the dominant sort of um, system of like beliefs, were there certain songs, um, certain forms of dress. You don't have to go back that far to find, even in antique shops, um, you'd be surprised what you can find. And that would be something cool too if you don't have anything that actually physically belongs to, the, to them, then finding something old that still came from that culture. Um, that's another link. That's another way to kind of bring them out for you and to you. Um, but again, it, you know, it can be so simple. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. It doesn't have to be anything spooky. Um, and there's no harm in trying to. It, it might seem strange, but it only seems strange because we haven't necessarily been taught this. Um, but pretty much everywhere else you go, ancestry work is just an everyday thing. So um, going into the questions that I received, um, how to get started, I feel like I kind of covered that. Um, favorite way to connect or call to them that is going to be unique to each person and again you know doing um, doing your own research into their culture um, music can be very powerful um, so listening to traditional songs from the culture that your ancestors came from um, language is a very powerful connection as well um, and I feel like that especially helps when it comes to if you are connecting with your ancestors and also you know doing like manifestation work um, ritual work with them being able to call to them in their language is very powerful because if you go far back enough you know they probably didn't speak English um, I'm still working on learning the Cherokee language um, to work with, you know, with my ancestry because they didn't speak English until fairly recently, um, which thankfully, you know, there's a million online resources, so even just learning a few phrases um, in whatever, you know, native tongue they had, be it Italian, French, German, whatever, um, simple sentences, it's, you know, it's the internet era, you can find how to say um, the most basic things and that will help you as well. So you've got music, you've got language, um, photographs, um, and it's really just like reverence and, and learning to like be still and be in your body and connect through your body because again they're like resting, you know, they're resting in your DNA, they're, they're there. Um, so it's not really that difficult. It's just a matter of um, bringing that forth within yourself. And it might feel weird the first few times you do it, um, but you kind of have to push any sort of insecurity or um, not necessarily fear. Because I don't feel like too many people are afraid of like, you know, talking to their grandmother who's passed on. I do that every day. <laughs> Just like, hey, Nana, uh, how's it going? Um, and, and that might be a good thing to do too, is pick 
pick an ancestor that you knew while they were living and now they have crossed over because that connection again is much deeper um, and much more immediate you have like that you have your memories you have that emotional tie um, so start close as close as you can and then you can sort of work your way all the way back to like the unnamed dead um, so like broader ancestors that you don't you may not know that much about them um, but they're there you know they're in you um, and as far as like someone said something about mixed heritage how do you choose where to focus um, intuition you know what feels comfortable for you what you're gonna feel it yeah um, it's interesting how our bodies remember things even if we consciously don't um, the body's intelligence it's funny um, music is another really good way to, to tap into that like um, my <laughs> my husband is half Syrian and there's something about this certain kind of like tribal drum beat that just like tickles him in a certain way and it's really funny um, and I'm the same way with like drum circle music and um, shouting like very primal music very like indigenous music I don't know it just moves something in me so I feel like wherever you feel the most comfortable whatever direction you naturally steer towards um, with regards to like okay I have like this this ancestry and this ancestry like you're gonna know which one feels more comfortable and I would definitely start with that um, just because it's easier but that's not to say that you should neglect the other side um, I am definitely way more in tune with my indigenous um, ancestry but I also have Scottish so um, you know Celtic stuff definitely like I resonate with it not as much as indigenous um, culture but it's still there and I and I don't want to like neglect that either um, but you're I feel like everybody's naturally gonna just like resonate with one thing over another and that's okay um, it's not like you're playing favorites it's just what you know what feels best for you and that's fine so if you don't have um, knowledge of your, you know, quote-unquote biological ancestry, if you are adopted, um, or you're just not really sure about the people in your family that have passed on, like some families are weird about it and they don't really tell you anything. Um, in the case of having families that are just like weird about history, um, if your grandparents are still living, you know, ask them about their lives. Ask them about what they remember. If you're lucky enough to have a great grandparent that's alive, um, you know, pick their brain, get their life story. They're going to have some amazing experiences to share with you and a lot of knowledge because they've been around for so long. And you might not agree with them on everything, but that doesn't mean that they don't have valuable things to teach you. And um, the more you understand about someone's life experiences, the more you understand why they think the way they think. So that's helpful too. Um, but if you are adopted, you're not really sure like where you come from. Um, I mean, a DNA test is always an option, um, but it's, like I said, it's not super duper accurate. Um, but it could give you like maybe a hint 
and, and that would be good um, if you can afford that. Um, but the nice thing about doing ancestry work too is that you don't have to know. Um, it doesn't have to be black and white for you. Um, you know, like I said, they're, they're in you. They're, they're in your DNA. They're, they're just chilling, waiting, you know, for you to like come around and ask them what they have to teach you, ask them what they have to share with you. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, on a piece of paper for it to be real. So again, just, just getting into your body, um, your intuition, feeling that connection. You don't, you don't have to know everything to do it. They're already there. They're just waiting. Um, and it can definitely provide a feeling of belonging, even if it's not logical, even if it's not crystal clear. Um, if you get into this, you will feel it. Um, it it's really surprising and very um, visceral. And it's, again, it's not something spooky. It's, you know, it's just, they're there. Um, so, and then somebody asked if you call, call them in to like amplify a certain spell, but also, um, tying into that same thing, someone asked, do you think Christian ancestors get pissy about witchcraft? Um, that's something you'll have to ask them. Um, that, you know, it's a cultural thing. Um, you don't have to bring them into a ritual. So if you have like stern uh, Christian ancestry and you're not necessarily Christian, um, you're doing other things, you can still connect with them and honor them and even like, you know, pray to them and ask them for guidance without using them in a spell or using them in a ritual um, that's meant you know, more for like witchcraft purposes. Um, those two things can be separate and, and that's fine. You know, if you, if you feel resistance when you do <clears throat> call them in during your ritual, don't do that anymore. Um, just connect with them separately. They're still ultimately gonna want the best for you. They're still gonna try to guide you and help you on your way. Um, I, I don't personally, it's very, it's very difficult for me to explain, um, my own practice to people because it's not from a book, um, and that's not to say that I haven't, like, I've studied various forms of occultism and ritual magic, and I've tried just about everything you can try, um, and it's great, but I can say from experience that the simplicity and the immediacy and the, um, the, the loving feeling of working with ancestors is so much more comforting and um, tangible than doing like elaborate ritual or high magic um, because I know that my family, you know, the ones that have passed, I know that they, their love is still there, they're still important, they're still present, um, in one way or another in my life, because they're present within me, um, and again, you know, I said this before, like, praying, praying to a person that you love, and that you know existed, 
in the world um, feels more powerful, at least to me personally, than praying to something that you have no idea about. Um, that, you know, you read about the book, but you haven't necessarily experienced. And that's not to discourage anybody from doing that. Um, it's purely personal preference, and you can do both. Um, I do both, but I do prefer my ancestors as I've gotten older, because it's just, it's just more natural um, and more loving. Another thing that came up in a few different questions was um, issues around unhealed trauma. Um, ancestral trauma that is, you know, hasn't been resolved, hasn't been healed. Um, and that's something that's really interesting. You can see that, so in astrology, you can see that in someone's chart. Um, but I think even without astrology, like you feel it in the body, and there's different kinds of ancestral trauma. So there is like, patterned trauma, which is like um, a, a long line of alcoholics or um, abusers, and then there's um, cultural trauma like racism and oppression and um, ancestors that lived through like cultural genocide and um, war. There's ancestral trauma, especially from war, if there's, like, a, a long, like, military uh, heritage there. So it could be known or unknown, depending on what your family is willing to talk about and what you know um, from direct experience versus things that um, get buried. So healing that either way is a matter of um, trusting that you don't um, you don't have to know all the answers it's actually a lot more about asking your ancestors what they need and what they want um, so developing that ability to commune with them and to listen to them um, I feel like it could be a tad easier if you know the trauma. So if you know that, like, you know, your great-grandparents were refugees from uh, a, a genocide, from the Holocaust, from, you know, some war-torn country, um, that's super traumatic. Um, if you know that a lot of the women in your family have, you know, family line have been, like, raped and abused, um, that's, if you know what the problem is, then it's a little bit easier to help to heal it, but it's actually not so much about um, doing a lot other than trying to break those cycles within your own life. It's, it's more about communing with them and asking them, like, what do you need? What can I do to, like, put you at peace with this issue? What can I do to, like, um, essentially, like, heal that through my life? Um, again, you know, this notion of, like, every generation, we want every generation to have it better, um, and to be better, and be more healthy, and, and safer, and, um, all of that. The more that you can heal things 
in yourself, in your present life, actually really does help heal those ancestors. Um, and especially, you know, given the current climate, we're thinking about things like slavery and oppression um, and cultural divide. Um, and what role did ancestors play in that? You know, what side of history were they on? So it's interesting to see people who have mixed heritage that it's like, you know, you had slaves in the family and you also had plantation owners in the family. Um, and I think there is something through just the very existence of um, you existing in that in-between that, that starts the healing process because you are alive. Um, and the more that you can thrive personally, the more that will bring healing to those issues. Um, but also, yeah, like trying to learn about those things and trying to break whatever cycles, whatever unhealthy cycles you find in your lineage. And if you don't know what it is, it's really just a matter of like offering your attention and your love and that connection to your ancestors. Um, they can do the work. It's interesting, it's a much more reciprocal communal relationship. So in, in healing yourself, um, you, help, you help that line of trauma heal and then vice versa as well. You know, just being present and aware for them. It's like, you know, they're offering you support in your life now. You're offering support to them in the afterlife to like put them at ease with things that were unresolved, um, or things that were incredibly difficult. So that's the cool thing about it. Um, either way, there's definitely potential there for healing. Um, there's this guy, he was on the Rune Soup podcast, um, I think last year, but he does a lot of ancestral healing work. Um, and you can find his stuff online. He's got a lot of great material. Um, Dr. Daniel Four, I believe is how you spell his name. F-O, or how you say his name. You spell it F-O-O-R. Um, seems like a super humble guy. And he talks about how, like, within his own, um, ancestry, you know, there is a lot of, like, colonialism and things like that. And so he's tried to actually, um, learn from indigenous cultures so not not from like an anthropology standpoint of like oh let me just document this and then like never come back here it's like no he's like lived with tribes um and learned their customs and under you know he talks about understanding that even though he has an opportunity to live with them and learn from them he also knows by the same token he's never gonna be as good at, you know, um, being a shaman or a medicine man as them because that's not his culture. So, and that's where you get into things like cultural appropriation where it's like, it's great to learn from other cultures, um, the right way while also understanding that like, it still doesn't belong to you. But he has a lot of great offerings um, and material around that, so I'd definitely look into him if you're specifically interested in, like, healing ancestral trauma. Um, and to just being aware of, like, um, th things that, I hesitate to use the word triggered, um, things that sort of surprisingly scare you. Um, so, so not obvious things that it's like, oh, well, of course I would be 
like afraid of you know death in general um but but maybe something very specific that doesn't um that doesn't quite make sense like like you haven't experienced being afraid of of this particular thing like I'll just use dogs as an example but that's not a great example like you've never been bitten by a dog but you're still really afraid of them it's like why um that might be another like weird ancestral trauma thing like if you fear authority or you're just like super skeptical of it um not you know not in recent context but just like from the time you were born (laughs) um that could be an indication of like systematic oppression um within your family line stuff like that so if you are curious about this and looking to get started um the simplest way to do that is what i was talking about before um just get some photos candle maybe a little bit of incense whatever you know whatever you like um and just like take a moment and acknowledge them and acknowledge the fact that like they got you where you are now um we're not disconnected we're not isolated we are individuals to the extent that we think we are um but <laughs> you know we we don't exist in a vacuum and the the sacrifices that our ancestors have made have gotten us to where we are now and that's something that's worth exploring and worth acknowledging for sure um, maybe start with like a recently departed relative that you had a deep connection with um, it, it doesn't have to be elaborate and it really shouldn't be it can just be taking five minutes sitting down and just you know calling out to that person whether it's out loud or just sort of like in your heart you know um, talking to your grandma, (laughs) talking to your grandpa, just being like, hey, how you doing? I know you're there. Um, When you need guidance or comfort or reassurance. Um, And, and, you know, definitely also when you're, when you're looking for progressing your life, um, looking for a better job, looking for a home, I, my husband and I have been in the process of looking for a home for the last few months and I wasn't quite seeing what we really wanted and I didn't want to settle for something that was like, well, this is fine, but it really lacks personality (laughs) or it doesn't have, um, I don't know, like you just feel it in my opinion, you know, when it's your home and I tried not to get discouraged, but I kind of kept wondering like, is there is there something for us? Is this going to happen right now? Should we wait? And so I did my thing and I um, reached out to my ancestors and just sort of told them, you know, here's what I'm looking for and here's why. Here's how I want to use this home. Here's how I want to use this land. Um, can you know is it there is it out there can you point me towards it can you guide me you know nudge me in the right direction and then sure enough two days later this house I had scrolled past a hundred times on Zillow didn't really pay attention to it um 
took a second look and was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I want and what I need, quite frankly. And um, we went to see it and that's the house we're buying. So um, being willing to ask for help and guidance, again, not a very Western thing, (laughs) but it's something that's helpful with, you know, the living and the dead. But um, yeah, I mean, they, your ancestors want what's best for you. They want to see you thrive. They want to see you happy, healthy, um, doing well. So there's nothing weird about, you know, calling them for, for those things. Um, or even just for the sake of like comfort and reassurance if you're having a hard time. So I hope that this has been helpful. If you give it a shot, um, let me know how it goes. Um, it's usually pretty quick. Um, it's pretty intuitive. Um, it's, it's positive. Um, and the more often that you do it, again, nothing elaborate, just once a day. Hey, how you guys doing? Here's what's going on with my life. Um, things like that. Um, that connection can, can get stronger and stronger. So definitely, if, if you start doing this, let me know how it goes. You can reach out to me through Patreon um, or Instagram. Um, Instagram is Beauty Markings and Patreon is Practical Magic. Um, there's an underscore between the words and magic is spelled M-A-G-I-C-K. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope this was helpful. It's definitely been something that's been on my mind personally for a long time and something I've done for quite a while that I just find very helpful and comforting. So I hope that it, it proves to be that for you guys as well. So thanks for listening. Um, Best of luck on your ancestry adventures. I'm sure they will be thrilled to to have you um, and to connect with you. So best of luck. Take care.